This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and president of Wall Private Wealth. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Hey, everybody. Hope you're having a great week. Boy, Randy, I'll tell you, we had a good time uh, last week. Thanks for filling in and doing what you needed. As my wife and I, we were out of, out of pocket we were taking a little date week, and uh, boy, you need to do that from time to time. Refresh, Grandy. It's very, very important. I know you do that like every other day, right? Uh, not so much, but I did tell everybody, I, every time I emailed you last week, the uh, bounce back came back and said, I am on a week-long date with my wife. I'm not going to be have access to email talk to you in a week. I told my wife that. She goes, well, isn't that nice? You know, <laughs> all the women loved that. Let me tell you. I'm out, baby. I am O-U-T. So that's very, very important. So thanks for filling in, Randy, and doing uh, the best of there. And mm-hmm. if you missed us last week, well, go back and tune in. Dial into leanonthewall.com. That's always where you can find us. That's the home. Lean on the wall. Dot com. You can request info about the show. You can request things we want to. you want us to talk about on the show. If you got a great idea to share on the show, let us know that as well. Or maybe you're in a situation where you're worried about your wealth. Obviously, you know we have a private wealth firm. Happy to, if you qualify, to sit down and have a conversation, do a cost risk analysis, go through the details there, help you protect, grow, and reduce taxes on your wealth, which is what we do in that side of life. You know, today we're going to talk, Randy, about a lot of different things, and I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, because I think there's going to be some things that are going to uh, be shared. And like every show, we're going to have the first segment here. I'm going to talk about motivation. I'm going to talk about the idea of why you need other people in your life and how to find the right people to help you to get to where you want to go. Really, really important. A little bit later, we're going to talk about the household endowment model, something that's important, kind of a, a little bit of a play off of the Yale and Harvard endowment models. We're going to talking a little bit later in the show as well on Social Security for those of you that are under 55 or 60, you're probably going to maybe, ah, what's that about? But those that are older, you're going to get it. And we're going to share some other thoughts about taxation, reducing taxes, and just kind of living on purpose, which is really, really important. Because I know, Randy, what you try to do and focus on is live on purpose by getting up and running uh, 14 miles every morning on the way to (laughs) the studio. And I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, people are going to look at me. They're going to see a picture of me and go, that's the fit guy that Michael keeps talking about? Hmm, I wonder. It's it's like, uh, you know, I'm trying to be in a situation where it's you know, like, like positive motivation. You know, you say things and, you know, you kind of will it to happen. And okay. sometimes it happens and most of the time it doesn't. That's exactly right. You know, between you and me, we run 10 miles a week. You run That's 10, right. I run none. So in yeah. that, an average <laughs> you of go. five, you know, something like that is what I got. It's, okay. it's perfect. It's, yeah. Hey, listen, right. it's, you know, it's, it's all about being positive. Come on, man. No, no, <laughs> we are going to talk about positivity. It's funny. It reminds me, though, the story of this... Uh, uh, son, you know, school started last week and a lot of spots in the country. I know our kids started back to school and it's like uh, you, you would think you're pulling teeth. So sometimes you're like, oh, my goodness, is that? But they started back to school. They're doing their thing. And it's all about being positive. So on the on the note of school, I thought I'd share this uh, little funny. I thought this was cool. And as a son, he comes home uh, from from taking his first test. It's an arithmetic test. And he says to his dad, he says, dad. I failed my math test. And the dad says, son, that's negative. Be positive. And the son says, dad, I'm positive. I failed my math test. (laughs) (laughs) So he was being positive. He knew he failed that test. You know, as we look at our life, as we look at what we're doing, that's what I kind of want to jump into uh, things that are really important here and specifically relation or related to the idea of uh, the fact that we need other people. You know, Randy, I don't know if you've experienced this. I know I have in my life where you kind of go through a season where you've heard before, if you want something done, do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that before? Certainly. You want something done, you want something to get done, go do it yourself. And, you know, there's a there's a, a fair amount of truth to that, obviously. You know, the idea, if, if it's to be, it's up to me. So we, we're the ones who are responsible uh, for for making things happen. Now, for me, I really believe that prayer is a big part of, not believe, it is a big part of my life. It's also a big part of the decisions that we make. I believe that uh, God creates opportunities, but we have to prepare and be ready for them. So I think that's really important. And one of the things and the concepts that I wanted to share, you know, each and every week we share a different concept at the beginning of the show, which hopefully helps you, motivate you, and get you where you want to go. But the idea is, in this week's show, 
the importance of having the right people in your life. This is really, really important. So if, if, you're, if you have a chance, you have the ability, maybe you have your phone, you're listening on podcasts, or you're listening on the radio just through your phone, or you're listening on the radio in general, if you have the chance to take notes, I want you to write some of these things down. I think this is important. You know, when you surround yourself with people, now listen to this, when you surround yourself with people who have focus, passion, and purpose, you will find yourself uncovering focus, passion, and purpose in your life. Let me say that one more time. When you surround yourself with people who have focus, passion, and purpose, you will find yourself uncovering focus, passion, and purpose in your own life. And I think a lot of times, you know, we walk around thinking, oh, what should we do? What's next? You know, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do next week? What am I going to do next year? And inherently, we want to add value. We want to, we want to do things. But what's really, really important as we're on our journey is to not be that on that island on our own. So yes, if you want to get things done, you got to do things. Yes, if it's to be, it's up to me. Yes, those things apply. But we also need to be in a situation where we surround ourselves with people who are on point and on mission that can encourage us. I remember Zig uh, Ziglar. I, you know, I listened to him a lot when I sold books door to door in the summertime. I did that for three summers. And when you think about this for a minute, I've talked before about the idea of putting yourself in a pressure cooker. So I was in a situation, Randy, where I'm out there in the summertime during college knocking on doors in North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, you know, 90, 95, 100 degrees in the summer. You had to change your shirt three times throughout the day. I mean, it was, it was hot. And you're out there knocking on these doors, selling books to people you never met before. You don't know. You're cold calling 80 hours a week, and you're in a situation where you can think in your mind, man, my friends are at home. They're hanging out in the pool. They're having a good time. And I'm out here beating these doors in the hot sun. What am I doing? Well, I look back at it now, and I realize the importance of uh, putting myself in a place uh, that, that was a pressure cooker. But I can tell you that I couldn't have done that on my own. You know, you hear me talk, if you listen to me or if you watch our show, uh, if you've seen me on TV or read books that we've written, anything like that, you'll know that I talk a lot about Zig Ziglar and some other people like that. And the reason is they added so much value to my life. And during that season of tough time, I realized that I had two choices to make. I had either the choice to listen to whatever came into my mind and meditate on that, like, oh, I don't know if I can do it, or I'm not sure if I can, you know, get there. We've all had those thoughts. You know, you wake up, oh, geez, I don't know, today, is it really, am I going to be the success? All these things that you think about, small and big. And I know that that was one of the choices that I had, is just to stew on that thinking. Or I could make the effort And I could make the focused effort, I guess, let me say, to listen on purpose to things that were going to change the way I thought. And it doesn't happen just overnight. It's a continual process. So I chose the other path. I chose to listen to a Zig Ziglar. I chose to listen to other motivational things. He was really the person that influenced my life, reading the Bible. And then on Sundays, I'm in a situation where when we all met during our, our camp, you know, as we were selling books, we'd meet together, we'd camp together, so to speak, on Sundays. And it was a motivational time where we all got together and encouraged each other. You know, in addition, I had two roommates when I did this process. Now, as I fast forward, here we are almost 20 years later, But as we've been in business and growing and helping families protect, grow their wealth and speaking motivationally and and coaching and consulting different companies, had the opportunity to also talk, as, as many of you know, nationally, CNBC, Fox, Bloomberg, doing all of that stuff, I needed to have people in my corner that were encouraging me and uplifting me. You know, Randy, we don't have to go too far in life to find someone that's going to tear us down. That's easy to find. You know, the old Ned negatives of the day. Oh, it's probably going to rain today. Well, it's probably, you know, it's a chance of rain every day, according to every weatherman in the country. (laughs) You know, they're the only person that can be 50% wrong, Randy, and still keep their job. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can be a baseball player and hit 30% and you can be in the Hall of Fame. You can be a weatherman and be wrong about 100% of the time and still keep your job. I don't understand that. (laughs) It's it's exactly right. So it's like, wait a minute. Think about that, though, for a minute. Baseball player, 30% of the time, they're they're good. They hit the ball three out of 10 times. That means 70% of the time they're facing, quote, unquote, rejection. Yep. 
Think about that. And we idolize players uh, that, that, are, that are hitting 300 consistently. So think about that in your life. Think about the importance of that player as an example. It's a great point, Randy, because think about that, that player. If he didn't have a team around them, if he didn't have a coach, if they didn't have people training them, if they didn't have people looking at what they're doing, we, the point is, is we need other people to get, to get to where we're called to be and to grow out the success we've been called to be in life. And I want to take a quick second and talk about something that I thought is, is pretty cool is, is two things. Number one, make a wall of gratitude or a list of gratitude. In other words, sit back, step back in your life, get a sheet of paper out, And make a list of people in your life. Maybe you know them personally. Maybe it's just people you listen to. But make a list of people in your life that you're thankful for. I'm thankful for this person and this person and this person. And then when you're tempted to mentally get to the place where you say, you know what? I got this. I got here on my own. And then you see that list or wall of gratitude. What it does is it brings you back to reality. And the fact is, no, no, you needed some help along the way. It's like that old old turtle up in the fence post. You know, the old boy down home, he says, anytime you see a turtle up at a fence post, you can rest assured that sucker did not get up there by himself. (laughs) He had some help along the way. So the wall of gratitude or a list of gratitude is really, really important. And as we're moving into getting ready to hit into break here, I want to share this thought with you. Make sure in life you stop and enjoy the wins. Randy, this could be something that is really hard for a lot of people. Because they're in a situation where they're saying, okay, next. Okay, what do I got to do next? What do I got to do next? They're always focused on either what they did wrong or what's in the future. And they don't take time to stop and enjoy the simple wins of life. A simple win could be something as simple as just saying, you know what? I'm so thankful that we're married for X amount of years. My wife and I will be married here shortly for 16 years. That's a great win. I'm thankful for that. Did it take work and effort? Absolutely. You say, how in the world did that happen? Well, think about it. If you buy a car, whether you, regardless of the type of oil, and you don't change that oil in that car every 3,000 or 7,500 miles, depending on the type of car, how long do you think that engine's going to run? <laughs> you're going to have a real so problem real quick. So you got to change the oil. Yeah. So if you're in a situation where you're married and you're not working on your marriage, you're not working on your, your, your relationship... How in the world are you supposed to improve that relationship? It's not going to just happen by itself. So we need to take time in life to realize we need other people around us, number one. Number two, we need to make sure we enjoy the wins. And number three, make that list of gratitude. It's really, really important. So hopefully that's benefited you or helped you look at life from a different perspective here. We're going to dive into some other things. By the way, at any point in time, you want to reach out to us. Uh, whether it be the, uh, about the show or our firm, 888-511-WALL, 888-511-9255, or go to leanonthewall.com. We'll be back with some great stuff right after this. I'm Carolyn Ryan, a financial correspondent. And I'm Michael Wall, a financial author, advisor, and radio show host. You know, Michael's one of the area's leading financial advisors, and every Sunday morning, I get to interview him about things like Social Security, the stock market, and how to plan for retirement. You'll walk away with financial news and retirement tips you can apply to your own life. Watch the Sunday Morning Money Report every Sunday right before the CBS Sunday Morning News at 8.58. See you then. Welcome back to The Michael Wall Show. Michael has appeared on several national media outlets like Fox Business, Bloomberg, and CNBC. And now, back to the show. And welcome back to The Michael Wall Show. Find us online, leanonthewall.com. You can give Michael a call at 888-511-WALL. Get a private wealth portfolio review. And Michael, one of the things that we do on this show, it's interesting. We talk about this all the time. 24-hour news, 24-hour sports, now 24-hour financial networks. What are you getting when you listen to some of these particular stations? And a lot of it is fluff. (laughs) A lot of of it is fill. 
And we, we came into that. Art cash. Now, I got to tell you, Phil, it's very important, Randy, <laughs> depending on where you live. Because listen, if you got the wrong kind of fill, yeah. listen, if you've ever built a house, which mm. we have up north, we, <clears throat> we got like 35,000 tons. That could be wrong, uh, but I think it's right. It was like 23 t- triple axle truck loads of stuff. What I, you know, a house in Pennsylvania. And we got, we got Phil. We, I, you know, that's very, very important because, yep. hey, as you're listening to this, you're going to get a lot of stuff coming at you. You're going to listen to a bunch of stuff and you got to say, wait a minute. What's in that feel? What's in the, what's what's behind what I'm getting? And I say that to say, if you got the wrong feel, you know, it's like if I'm I'm trying to flatten out my ground. We had three acres, beautiful place, bordered by 300 acres, just a phenomenal location, and we had to bring in lots of dirt. I did. I wanted to anyway. We didn't have to, but I wanted to to kind of make the backyard flat, right? So we get all this fill brought in. And Randy, that fill I made sure was quality dirt that could get tamped down, tamped down, tamped down. Because if you're in a situation, who knows? You might have a backyard. You got a contractor. You're not there. You don't even know. They might be throwing in bricks and uh, little, you know, little toys for kids that nobody knew about. They want to get rid of and refrigerators and all this stuff and fill it around with dirt. And you're like, wait a minute. Why is there like a high lead content in my yard all of a sudden? <laughs> or you're going to have a big old sinkhole, you know? Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yep. That whole that ground is going to whoop drop right down. <laughs> you're going to you're going to be sitting there in your pool one time in the backyard saying, "Why did all of a sudden the drain drop down 25 feet?" <laughs> well, we don't want you to have a financial sinkhole in your life. That's what we don't want. So that's exactly right. Well, this was interesting. Art Cashin is a guy who's been on Wall Street, and you see him down on the floor. He's been down there for for 50 Ever. years, just yeah, he's forever. forever. He's a really yeah. he's an interesting guy. He's a cool guy. So they go to him, and they're talking about the market pulling back in the month of August. He said, well, you got to watch out for August. Take a listen to what he had to say. August is the second worst month of the year, followed by September, which is the worst month of the year. Uh, so historically, that's a little bit of a problem. And to prove that I'm probably ready for that aluminum foil hat, uh, <laughs> I would like to remind you that this year ends in the numeral seven. And markets tend to top out in the first three weeks of August in years that end in the numeral seven. That's <laughs> uh, just laughable to me. But- well, it's it's very laughable. And, you know, it's it's like, you know, my birthday September 9th. Uh-huh. I just share that. If any listeners out there, you're saying, you know, Mike, I really appreciate you. I want to send you a gift. Go ahead to leanonthewall.com. <laughs> okay. Again, let me, let me, leanonthewall.com. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. All yep. Right. Dot com. Write it down. Right. You can find out the office address here in Florida and uh, send out, you know, whatever you, whatever you like valued preferably above 10000 per gift. And so it's interesting because, you know, Randy, you can make all kind of crazy thoughts out there. Like, uh, so September 9th, what do I mean by that? Well, here I am, 9-9-1999. I'm thinking, you know, that might be a good year to get a lottery ticket. Uh-huh. But, I mean, come on. I don't, I don't play the lottery. You know, I'm not going to do that. So it's like, uh, you know, will the, will the market uh, recede in September because we got a seven? Well, listen, if you look at the Bible, the seven, seven is a pretty good number. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it just depends on your source, you know? And I think when you look at it, I think he's been at the, in the pit forever, 50-plus years we talked about. Yeah. If you can't have some comedy and enjoy what you're doing down there, you will you will literally go nuts. Well, yeah, you know, I, start, I started looking at it. I mean, it's okay, 1987, it was August when the market pulled back you know, 20-some percent in one yeah, day. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, I got that. 2007, in the month of August, September, things started to kind of deteriorate a little bit. There's some truth to what he's talking about. But I, you know, when you hear stuff like that, I wonder if anybody says, you know, they call their broker, they call their financial advisor, say, hey, hey, we better watch out for this. I mean, come on. You, you got to take some of that stuff with a grain of salt. Well, you know, the reality of it is, I mean, here's the big litmus test. So people, Randy, are listening to this and they're saying, um, you know what? I got, I got a sense of uncertainty in relation to my wealth, okay? Um, that, that's going to happen. That's going to happen regardless of whether or not August is a good month or a bad month. You're, you're in a situation where you're saying, I'm either set up for where I am in life and what I want in life, or I'm not. And if you're in a situation where you have uncertainty about your wealth, it's because you don't have an appropriate plan for where you are in life. It has nothing to do with the number seven or 14 or 29 or 367. 
It has everything to do with having the appropriate plan for your life. Now, are there certain investments where you need to have some ebb and flow? Yes. We're going to talk about a little bit later the uh, household endowment model. We've implemented these strategies before as well. Very, very important. You're in a situation where you're looking for off-market structure that have little to no correlation to markets. That's one way that you can work out volatility in your portfolio. And so I, I think that's the real, the real key, Randy, is, is taking a look at what's happening. The other thing I think is really that proactive approach. You know, I mentioned last segment the idea of uh, really the importance of being in a situation where you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to push you where, to where you need to go, right? That's very, very important. And, and at the end of the day, it's the same way with your wealth. You got to be in a situation where you're surrounding yourself that are pushing you to where you want to go. If you're in a place where you look at your portfolio and you think back, you say, okay, wait a minute. 2001, I lost money. 02, 02. 2008, I lost money. Well, guess what? You're now 15, 16, 17 years older than you were then. So at the end of the day, if that's where you were, and nothing fundamentally has really changed, not a lot of new ideas have been brought to the table, then no wonder you're uncomfortable. You're 15, 16, 17 years older, and nothing's changed really in the portfolio, which means that if we have another market crash, you're going to lose again. So that's a concern. That's where the concern comes from. And I think, I think Randy, really, it's the idea of being proactive. You know, I had a conversation the other day with a couple um, great people, and we were talking about how they were basically all in the market. And he was, he was sharing the fact that his, uh, he has two advisors, and he was saying that, you know, their current people that were helping him with their wealth were saying how they were now more proactive. And I say, okay, well, help me understand what that means to be proactive, because you lost money in 08, you lost money in 01 and 02, and then now you're telling me that after 2008, they said they're going to be proactive. But here we are, literally, you know, seven, eight, nine years later after 2008, with a huge market crash, markets come back significantly, a lot of gains, which is great, but you're in a situation where you're, you're all in, meaning if the market turns over, you're going to take another big hit. How is that being proactive? Help me understand that. I mean, maybe I'm missing something here, but I don't think I am. And so that's where the uncomfortable feeling comes from, Randy. It's not necessarily the number seven or this or the month of August or September. Yeah, there are some similarities that you can dial together. You know, I could walk down the street and, and, and go to the dealership and buy a white car and say, okay, must be that in this particular area, everybody's buying a white car. Well, what happens is, is as we all know, you become more in tune to things as you uh, see them and connect with them. And you, I mean, you've experienced that, Randy, right? You buy a car, a certain color, all of a sudden every car on the road is your color. Yep, yep. You, you start to see your car everywhere where you never noticed them before. You have a you certain awareness. Yeah, right. It, it's, it's a total awareness. So it's the idea when, you, you know, if you're out there and you're listening to the show like this and you're saying, wait a minute, you know, I'm listening to all these financial markets and yeah, I'm a little bit uncertain. Leah, I'm a little bit unsure. Well, if you don't change anything, nothing's going to change. I mean, that's on you. It's not on us. We're sharing information to help you get there. If you don't change anything, that's on you. And it's not necessarily wealth even. It's about life. It's about motivation. It's about doing the right thing. It's about getting the right people in your corner. All of those things get you to where you need to go. It's, you know, Randy, it's the idea. It's the idea of having that positive mindset. And, you know, it reminds me of uh, a little Johnny. You know, you've heard of little Johnny before. I love little Johnny because he, he always had the positive mindset. And I want to share this again because if you forgot about little Johnny, he's a really important person you want to remind yourself about in life. And, you know, here's little Johnny. He's in, he's in class and it's Friday and the teacher says, um, hey, kids, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home. And I want you to have some time with your family, have a good time, but I want you to bring back on Monday and let me know, let me know uh, some great things you guys did over the weekend. So here we are. They go to the weekend. Monday's back. They're back in session. School's back in session. Here's little Johnny's in class with all his other classmates. And I mean, he is just all over the place. He's all over the place. He's in his chair, bouncing around. Obviously, he's got something he wants to share. And so the teacher says, well, little Johnny, what, it sounds like you got something you want to share here. What do you, what, what do you, what'd you guys do this weekend? He's like, well, uh, teacher, my, uh, my dad and I, we went out and we went fishing. Of course, my, uh, my dad's a great fisherman and I'm even better than he is, but we went out fishing and, uh, we, we each caught 75 catfish and they all weighed 75 pounds. 
Teacher says, now, Johnny, you know that's not the case. He's like, oh, yes, ma'am, it is. My dad's, uh, as I said, a good fisherman, and I'm even better than he is. And uh, we each got 75 catfish, and they all weighed 75 pounds. And the teacher says, now, Johnny, you mean to tell me that if I had this little 8, 10, 12-pound little yellow dog, and there was this big 600-pound grizzly bear that came walking through my yard, and that little, little yellow dog jumped up and just took out that big grizzly bear, you mean to believe you would believe that if I told you that? Johnny says, oh, yes, ma'am. That's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you've heard that before, great. If you haven't, great. But the point is, Johnny had a good outlook. We need to have a good outlook in life, and sometimes that can only come by hanging around with people that have the right outlook and create the right plans. And by the way, it's not about just positive, positive, positive we hope it all just works out. we got to have a plan to get us there. But I can guarantee you, if you don't look at the world from a positive perspective and you're living in fear all the time, you will not have the ability to see opportunity. Don't ever forget that. If you're in a situation where you're always looking at things negatively, if you're always looking at things from a perspective of, oh, you know, this is going to crash and that's going to whatever, do I believe we're ready for serious concern in the world as markets and, and economies? I believe we will see that. I believe we're going to see a significant pullback. But I'm not going to throw out scare tactics. What I am going to say is there's solutions to protect ourselves against that, and we've got to have the right mindset to see it. Here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to do just steady eddy. We're not just going to stay the course. We're not going to hope everything works out. Hang in there. We'll be in this for the long haul. Yes, investing is a longer-term situation, but we need it also to be a proactive, act-in-advance type situation so we're prepared and ready for this season of life that we're going into. So the question is, are you comfortable with where your wealth is currently managed, regardless of how well you know or what type of relationship, friendship-wise, you have with the person that's helping you? And if you're not there, I don't care if it's a family friend for 30 years, if you're not in a place where you're comfortable and you're worried that if you have another 08, which is going to occur, you're going to lose a bunch of money, then the person that's responsible for making a change is you. Don't ever forget that. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show. You can find us online at leanonthewall.com as you've been listening to this particular segment. And you say, you know what? You're right. I haven't addressed some of the things that Michael's talking about. Give us a call. Let's talk about it. It's 888-511-WALL, 888-511-9255. Well, we'll dig a little bit deeper into what Michael is talking about. You've heard the word diversification. You need to be diversified. Well, we have an interesting way to go about that that you may not know about. It's called the Household Endowment model. Vince Annable is going to be our guest coming up next on The Michael Wall Show. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. Thanks for joining us on The Michael Wall Show. Now, let's get back to the show. And welcome back to The Michael Wall Show. Find us online at leanonthewall.com. You know, I think on this show, many times we talk about the curiosity that people have about successful people. And I think there's a, there's a perception out there, Michael, that the things that successful people do to attain wealth may not be attainable to all of us. And there's probably some truth to that. But you brought up something in the past called the endowment model. And we're going to dive in on that a little bit here again today. And we have a special guest to talk about that. Yeah, Vince uh, Vince is here with us. Vince Annabelle, he's a, a good buddy from Scottsdale. Great guy. He's been in the 
really in the in the wealth field for some time. And, uh, you know, we had a conversation. We've all kind of been using these uh, techniques to some degree, but he really created this uh, and trademarked the name, the household endowment model. And it's it's a great thing because now it's something where you don't have to be a 10 or 15 or $20 million person uh, to be able to invest into this. You know, sometimes as little as a million, two million, three million dollars and, and you're, you're in the game. And of course, uh, you know, unfortunately, the world we live in, the more money you have, the more things you can do. But we want to unpackage uh, that a little bit today. And Vince is uh, dialing in all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona. So, so Vince, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me, uh, I know, you know, I've done a lot of research about the Harvard and Yale endowment models and that sort of thing. What was what was it for you, Vince, that caused you to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to create this household endowment model name and brand and all of that. What kind of caused you to get there? Uh, well, back in 2008, I'm sure everybody remembers 2008, the market had a slight correction, 50% or so. Um, and I was looking for a way to design portfolios to help mitigate the risk, keep from having that big pullback, and have non-correlated assets. And my research led me to the endowment model primarily and principally Yale. I started studying uh, Yale's endowment model designed by David Swenson and discovered the world of alternative investments and non-correlated investments, uh, and particularly private equity, private real estate uh, investments. And I decided that what we needed to do is build out a model for individuals uh, because individuals have an expiration date like that carton of milk they have at home, endowments don't. So we had to really design this endowment model for households based off of that. And what we have done is put together uh, what we refer to as the household endowment model. It's similar to Yale's endowment model. Uh, we believe in using outside managers. We want best of class in each and every asset class. Uh, we want to make sure we've got correlated and non-correlated investments. And we believe that there is a great deal of uh, efficiency in illiquidity. And we think there's a great opportunity in investing a portion of a client's assets in illiquid assets as well as liquid. And, you know, one of the things that I think over the years people have thought sometimes, not always, but sometimes, is, oh, I don't want to... I don't want to tie my money up. I don't want them to be illiquid. But the reality of it is, and, and Vince, uh, you've probably seen this, so let's talk about this for a minute. You know, the reality of it is in working with families and, and clients over the years, you know, I've never really seen anyone say they need, they need to take 100% of their portfolio out uh, to spend at one time. And I'm sure you probably haven't seen that. So the idea of illiquidity there, as you're listening to this, is that the deal because it's a piece of the portfolio. Isn't that correct, Vince? That's correct. Typically, you're seeing maybe 30% of the portfolio might be in what we refer to as illiquid. Depends on the client, depends on their risk and their objectives. Some clients want more than that in private investments. They don't need the liquidity. They have high income uh, or they have plenty of cash sitting on hand and they would rather not have the exposure to the public markets. And we're seeing that again right now. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, as we take a look at this structure... As we take a look at the desire for, um, you know, in, in particular, people that are they're looking for non-correlated investments, um, just for the listeners out there, why don't you take a minute and share some thought as far as the relation of, of what that actually means? When someone says this is a non-correlated investment, uh, in your own words, Vince, what does that mean? It just simply means that when they uh, turn on CNBC and they see the market is up 300 points or down 400 points or whatever it might be, not all of their investments have moved up or down with what the market is doing. So you don't have a correlation with whatever market movement you have in the public markets you're going to see within this investment portfolio. It is designed to not be correlated 100% to the market and to have different asset classes that are going to perform differently even when the markets are up or down. And that's a way yeah. to manage risk. Which is huge, by the way. As you're listening to this, if you're sitting there saying, huh, that's an interesting thought. You know, I've never thought about it that way before. This is, a, this is an important thing. You know, Yale, Harvard, uh, MIT, a lot of these uh, Ivy League schools have got, done a great job with their endowments. And I, I think, Vince, you brought up a great point, is the fact that those endowments specifically, 
uh, do not necessarily have an, in, an expiration date. However, families and people do. So, you know, putting monies in something for 10, 15, 20, 30 years is just not realistic. However, a shorter period of time with nice off-market return is, is a strong thing. Now, I, I want to take a minute and dive into, because I know that there's a strategy that you've utilized, and I think it's been great for people, for families, and that is uh, utilizing some of these structures for Roth conversion. We don't need to get too far into the weeds, but as far as tax savings long-term, would you mind taking a minute and just kind of sharing with listeners a little bit of well, what that looks like and the importance of that? Everybody wants to save money in taxes long-term. Absolutely. And what we do is we look at developmental projects such as um, company developing multifamily uh, Class A real estate. And when you take an investment from your IRA, we'll use a round number, $100,000, you invest that within a developmental project uh, from your IRA. Initially, what's going to happen is you're going to only have sticks and bricks and some land. So the IRS allows for multiple discounts in the evaluation that is done on that particular property. And so typically within a year or more, they're going to come back with an evaluation that's going to be, say, 50 55% of what the original investment was. So you have the opportunity, because of that official valuation, to convert that from an IRA to a Roth IRA, pay the taxes on the discounted amount, and then you have a tax-free pile of money growing in a Roth IRA for the rest of your life, which over uh, years can be a significant savings. Yeah, and that's and that's a big deal. So if you're listening to that and you're saying, "Huh," because I think that's a great, uh, great strategy, Vince. I love that as an idea. And if you're listening to that, you say, "Well, what does that really look like?" Simplistics. Well, here's the big picture of what Vince just said. Just you correct me if I'm wrong, Vince, but basically you put a hundred thousand dollars in, you get that discounted valuation because of the you know sticks and bricks, and there's nothing really there. You're building a building, let's say, and nothing's there yet. And so now you get to revalue this the next year, and now your hundred thousand dollar investment actually might be valued at let's say fifty because there's nothing being built yet. Well, now we're in a situation where you take that fifty and you convert it to a Roth. You pay the taxes on the fifty. Your investment was still a hundred, but now you're in a situation where all of a sudden the building is built. And your value becomes back worth a hundred or more, and now all of that money, all hundred plus, is uh, growing tax free, and you only paid taxes on fifty thousand when you originally had a hundred thousand in an IRA. And I think Vince, that's a great, that's a just a great philosophy. Who do you see in your practice that's taking care of those type, taking advantage, I should say, of those type of strategies? Uh, we have many clients that are taking advantage of that. Many clients. When we sit down with a client, we explain the household endowment model. We talk about private investments, and one of the keys to some of our private investments is the ability to make that investment through their IRA, receive those discounts because of the type of project or investment that it is. And keep in mind that once you do the conversion and then that building gets built and you get all your money back plus the profits, now you have that money to invest again, and that's going to be tax-free. That's right. That's right. And, you know, you, you know, remember the old saying, everybody knows this. There's only two things that are guaranteed in life. One is death. 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 <laughs> there you go. I was like, wait a minute. Am I, am I here by myself? The second one is taxes. So, folks, remember that. Only two things guaranteed in life, death and taxes. So the reality of it is anything that we can do to look for ways to legally, <laughs> morally, And ethically, you know, in our tax company, we have a tax attorney. We talk about this all the time. You've heard it before. But any way that we can legally, morally, and ethically disinherit the IRS, we want to be doing that. And that's one of the things that I thought was neat about how some of Vince put some things together. Well, Vince, uh, I'm going to give you the last word here as we're wrapping the segment up. But uh, what else would you like to leave with listeners in relation to the endowment model of why this is such a new and important thing? It's been around for some time, but it's newer to a lot of consumers. Well, I just think that people need to understand that things have changed. Times have changed. Advice has changed. Markets have changed. And the same old advice they were getting 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, i.e. invest uh, 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, is no longer the right way 
for a lot of people to invest because they are looking for diversification and they're looking for access to some of those private investments that they've heard about institutions and ultra high net worth individuals having access to and now through our household endowment model and uh, the investments that are available out there that we access, we can actually make that model available to clients who are seeking uh, something different, uh, diversification, and to be able to have access to the same kinds of investments that institutions and ultra-high net worth have. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So unlocking the door for you to have the ability to get what the higher net worth folks have, uh, and that's, I know, what we see in our practice as well. Very, very important. So Vince Annabelle is joining us, the household endowment model. You may see Vince and I in the future doing a little tour. Uh, it's going to be a private tour. So if you want information on on that, learning more about the household endowment model, go to leanonthewall.com, and uh, you can uh, click on request info, and you can learn about that tour. It might be coming to a city near you. But, Vince, thank you so much for joining us here today and uh, sharing some thought about the household endowment model. And uh, I guess you can now leave and go and uh, take your 300-mile swim that you do every day. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Have a good day. (laughs) All right. See you, brother. That's Vince Annable. He is CEO and president of Wealth Strategies Advisory Group here on The Michael Wall Show. If you want to find out more, find us online, leanonthewall.com. Coming up next, have you thought about Social Security? I know that's one of those things that you hear so much on the radio. You need to have some sort of a strategy for Social Security, but there's a lot of different ways that people try to figure out what they're going to do with Social Security, and we have one of the ways that you shouldn't think about it. That's next on The Michael Wall Show. Worried about losing money in another market crash? Ever wonder if your investments are in the right place? I'm Michael Wall, president of three financial companies, radio show host, and TV commentator. There's a lot of fog in the financial industry, and I want the average investor to be able to break through that fog. That's why I wrote the book, Retire Once, Retire Well. It reveals secrets that Wall Street doesn't want you to know and gives you insider tips to help you maximize your wealth. Go to retirewellbook.com to get your copy right now. Welcome back to the Michael Wall Show. And welcome back to the Michael Wall Show. LeanOnTheWall.com is where you can find us. There's an awful lot for you to kind of peruse through on our website. A lot of video there. You can see Michael's book, uh, Retire Once, Retire Well, in its second printing now. A lot about Michael there. LeanOnTheWall.com. Well, Michael, we're going to talk about our Social Security here in just a second here, but I, I found this. Um, this is fun. David Letterman is going to go back to work after being in retirement, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, he's going to get a show next year on Netflix, and there was a report about it that kind of made me smile. David Letterman says he's excited and fortunate to have the new gig on Netflix. He also suggests his family would like to see him out more. In a statement, he says, if you retire to spend more time with your family... Check with your family first. <laughs> oh, I love that. That is so funny. And it check with your, your family, family first. first. There you go. So they're kind of going, Dave, get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's so funny. It's really that's true. It's it's funny how often it's funny how often we talk to people. And we really have a great relationship with a lot of, you know, our clients, and it's a lot of fun. But it's funny how often we talk to people, and they're in a situation where, um, you know, the spouse or whatever is like, you know, you need to go find something to do. <laughs> you can't just be, first off, you're miserable. I mean, geez, you're, you know, I think it's such a good point. It is a funny thing, but it's like, you know, listen, you've lived life longer than you ever had. Hopefully, you're wiser than you've ever been. That doesn't mean you aren't going to keep learning things. You should. But now you're in a situation where I remember Howard Hendricks. He was a guy, uh, really, really cool guy. He was the head of the uh, Dallas Theological Seminary in, in Dallas and uh, also was a chaplain for the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys, for several years and got to know him over the years. Really good guy. But one of the, one of the things he said is he said, here's these people that are moving into retirement. They got all this knowledge. They got all this time. They got all this street smart, and they're kind of just sliding for home. <laughs> you know, he's like, man, you, you should be out there 
tearing the world up. Mm-hmm. I mean, telling people, the next generation, how to live life, what to do. Sure, there's going to be some people that don't listen, but you got to get involved. You got to get engaged. And, and I think, I think it's cool that Letterman's coming back saying, you know, listen, this is, this is the gift and ability that I have, and I'm going to go back and use it again. Absolutely. I think it's cool. Well, Michael, we want to talk a little bit. I want to throw this at you because I I have a number of friends and some of them have an awful lot of money and some of them don't. But I have one friend who has great wealth and we got to talking about money and and finances. And he told me that he's not going to take Social Security. And I said, why? Because, you know, so many people who have great wealth, they say, I'm the guy who put the most into this program. I'm going to get my investment coming out. But he said, you know what? There are people out there that need that money more than I do. I'm not going to need that money. That check, you know, will be $2,000, $3,000 a month, whatever it is. I don't need that. So I'm just going to let that go and let it go someplace else. Tell me, do you encounter that kind of an attitude about that? Or or what what do you encounter with people who have wealth and their attitude toward this check of Social Security? Well, that's a great question, Randy, and that is a, it's a very valid point, and it is something that we encounter from time to time because, as you know, uh, we do work with families that are uh, quite well-to-do. And so, you know, from that perspective, I think I love the uh, philanthropy mindset, if you mm-hmm. will, giving back. That's a big part of what we do, uh, and a lot of clients we work with, that's a big part of what they, what they do and how they operate as well. I would probably challenge that thinking in two ways. One is, first off, I don't think there's anything wrong with the thinking. Let me say it that way, okay? Uh, but I think it's, it's the idea of, it, okay, if the money's going to be rewarded or awarded to you because you paid in all these years and then you decided not to take it, which then obviously it stays at the government, if you will, and quote unquote goes to someone else. Um, I, you know, it's not like there's a big pool of money in social security that's just sitting there mm-hmm. growing, waiting for people to take it. I mean, it's basically a bankrupt system and the money that's being paid out every year is by people who are paying money in every year. So I guess if I was in a situation where I said, okay, if I knew that that money was going to stay in a pot and grow for people that needed it, um, then I would say, okay, I, I get that as an idea. But the, the unfortunate part about our government is they have done such a poor job of spending our money. And they've put in so much debt and everything's bankrupt in a lot of ways. We got to borrow to pay our debts and pay our bills. Then from that perspective, I kind of say, eh, I don't know if I would necessarily, I'm not saying that's wrong, but I don't know that I'd take that approach. I think my approach would be to say, because I know that that money's not going to stay in a pool of money and grow for other people, it's just going to be spent this year, and then they hope they raise enough money next year to pay out the Social Security. Probably what I would suggest is, as a, as a flip to that, why not take the Social Security money, okay, and use that money saying and knowing that you don't need it to give to some type of charity or, or organization with boots on the ground that are actually adding value and changing lives. You know, one organization that we talk a lot about, Randy, we had uh, Charles on a bit ago, is Place of Hope. Now, this is an organization that was ranked number one by Charity Navigator, and they are actively in the business of improving lives of kids that their parents basically are not doing a good job of taking care of them. Uh, they're actively in the business of rescuing girls out of sex slavery. You know, there's 27 million girls in the world that is in, in sex slavery, and it's a big, big problem. And so they're actively involved in rescuing those girls. So my suggestion would be, instead of leaving that money in the government, in their hands, again, if it was in a pool of money growing, that might be one thing. But it's not. They're just spending it this year and hoping they have enough next year to cover their costs for next year. They don't have any forward thinking. I would rather take that money out. And if, the, if they don't want it, which we see from time to time, uh, then what we'll do is we'll do a couple things. We'll say, you know what, let's just give that to an organization that we know for sure is adding value. Because I think the overriding theme behind that thinking is, Randy, the idea of, I want to improve the future generation. I want to add value to people that need help more than I need help. I think that's the thinking, right? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, that is, yeah. he's a very philanthropic kind of a guy. He, he supports a yeah. lot of different charities and he just said, you know, yep. I, I'm not going to need this money, but I, I absolutely see your point. Take the money, put it to use where you know it's going to be put to use. 
Well, I think that's the key. It's, it's, it really goes down to stewardship, okay? So if we're looking at it saying, I want to add value, and, and this is a big part of our life, and you know that. If we want to add value to other people, we want to add value to people that need help more than we need help, right? Um, you can only spend so much and do so much, so you want to help other people. And, and if that's a big part of your life, that's a beautiful thing. But now it comes down to stewardship in the fact of where are we going to make the biggest impact? You know, a lot of people look at ROI, return on investment, when they look at their investments. Okay, I invest my money somewhere. I want to maximize my return. Uh, I want to reduce my risk, uh, increase my safety, and, and make as much as I can in the, in the process. Okay, so we're maximizing our, our return on investment or our ROI. But unfortunately, sometimes we don't look at uh, giving money to charities or different things like that in the same way. And I think we need to. We need to look at it as maximizing our uh, uh, gifting or giving ROI. In other words, which charity actually has the least amount of fat? In other words, in, you know, one charity might have 20% going to administrative costs, whereas another charity might have 5% going to administrative costs. Well, obviously, the charity that's got 5% going to administrative has less fat in it. More money actually goes to the need, right? So that's what we want to be looking at is what charities, what organizations are actually adding significant value, uh, actually adding real value and real change directly in the individual's lives. The other thing that I would say, if they don't want to give it away... Uh, we often will recommend clients take that monies, Randy, and use it as a way to do some strategic conversion so we can do some tax planning on the portfolio over time, using money that we may not need to do some tax planning on a portfolio over time, which increases the amount of tax-free money uh, for not only the family, but, but the children and everybody else down the road. So there's several different ways to look at that. I love the thinking but I think the idea of making sure we maximize everything we do is crucial. And somebody with a philanthropic mind will, should agree with that because they, they want to add value and they want to encourage and they want to uh, you know, increase the lives of others. So let's think about making sure that we're a good steward as we do that. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show. You can find us online at leanonthewall.com to, to find out if you qualify for a private wealth review. Give us a call at 888-511-WALL. That's 888 one wall 888-511-9255 and again look us up online at leanonthewall.com michael we've about come to the end of the program for today so i'll give you the last word yeah and you know randy thank you so much for joining me again as you do each and every week along the journey we have a lot of fun and you spice it up so thanks for your input i appreciate that it's always good to be here well absolutely and, and as you're listening to this show whether it's on the radio online if you missed the previous uh, segment of the show you're listening via podcast whatever go to lean on the wall Click on radio and media, and you'll have the opportunity to listen to uh, previous parts. Also, go ahead and rate the show. If you're listening to us on podcast, click a rating. You know, let us know what you're thinking. Five star rating, what your thoughts are on the show, and, and share it as well. If you've gained value, make sure you make sure you tune in each and every week because there's going to be new stuff coming on, new things to help you live life better, live with purpose, and live on purpose. Hey, here's to helping you add value in living a life with purpose this next week. Have a great one and thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to The Michael Wall Show. To schedule your personal wealth review, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. To find out more about Michael and the team at The Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Private Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor, and solicitation offered through Clarify Advisory Network, an SEC registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Michael Wall is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance and annuities offered through Wall Financial Group, Inc.